Hello, everyone. We are CL and Rolden. And this is Two Gay Shits Discover the World, a podcast in which us, the Two Gay Shits, discuss topics such as the transition to adulthood, the occult, the supernatural, etc. Brief disclaimer, we are not native English speakers, so we apologize in advance for any foreign words that might make it in. I must also personally apologize for any weird accents that may come and go as we record these episodes. So, basically, we are both from Paraguay, and we've been friends for over eight years now. We met in high school, and then we went our different ways in college, as one does. So we're now stuck in two different countries, and we decided to make this podcast to stay connected. So for this episode, I know it's not October or Halloween yet, (laughs) but I just feel like this is such an awesome thing to talk about, and we discussed what we were going to talk about. We got so excited while talking about it. That it's going to happen now. <laughs> so <Indeed. laughs> we're talking about urban legends and myths from Paraguay. Now, a little disclaimer. Most of the sources that we'll be listing are not really viable sources because most of these legends come from the indigenous tribe in Paraguay, which is the Warani tribe, and they have an oral tradition which basically means they didn't write anything down at all whatsoever. So everything that was written down was by people that were not them and they could have, you know, changed around the story in some ways and it's been passed down through generations. So you're not going to get like the full original tales because even we don't know the original tales. You're getting what we grew up hearing around us, basically, essentially. And also have to mention... In Paraguay, we speak Spanish, and we also speak Guarani. That's like an official language. We have two official languages. So a lot of the names of these myths are just going to be in that native language. We apologize for that, but there's really no translation for them either. (laughs) So yeah, let's get into it. Yes. Okay. So the first one, I think, is like this really... It's like the classic... The classic story of evil and good but at the same time it's like straight off foreign language here are the names they have translations technically so I will just clarify those in the beginning just for context but it's it's I I think it was like a pretty good story like it's I think most people get introduced to this seven main myths when you're like a child because this 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 is like the the main thing people use so that the kids are scared and they don't go out at night or in the middle of the afternoon or something like that. But without further ado, let me tell you the tale of Tau and Kirana. So Kirana was like this really beautiful girl, right? And she was like kind of lazy and she spent her days kind of like lounging and doing nothing. And that's why... uh. Her name was, yes, indeed. (laughs) And her name, Kerana in Guarani, kind of means lazy and kind of, kind of like a sleeping beauty kind of vibe. Um, So basically, there was this evil spirit, and his name was Tau, and he kind of fell madly in love with Kerana. And Kerana was actually the, the daughter of, like, in some versions, he's a chief. In other versions, he's just 
a random guy, but his name was Marangatu, and he kind of got the vibe that this evil spirit was hanging around too much. So um, basically, Tao kind of turned himself into like a guy, like a regular ass guy, so that he could like court um, Kerana and like they could go out and that kind of stuff. But well, first of all, I think he tried to take her and abduct her and like go off into the wilds and do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. But uh, there was, uh, excuse my pronunciation here, but there was this spirit of good called Angatupuru. Um, and he kind of noticed this and he kind of defended her. But uh, they kind of got into like this really big fight that allegedly took place over a period of seven days and seven nights. But in the end, Angatupuru uh, prevailed but uh, that kind of meant that Tao would be like exiled and the, there was like another god called Puta Jovai I think Puta Jovai uh, let's just pronounce it that way because I don't know how to pronounce that but <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that was like the, the god of like war and being brave and that kind of stuff and he kind of exiled Tao, but uh, when he disappeared, he kind of took Keranao with him. And then Tupa, which is God for the Guaranies, uh, he kind of cursed both of them. So while they were away in their bliss and, you know, sinning, I guess, they had like seven children. And because of the curse, they were all like, monsters basically so from this uh out of wedlock marriage i guess it wasn't like a marriage that that was never mind well like they never got officially married <laughs> yeah but they were together they ran away together kind of yeah and so and they had these seven kids which are like i guess we're trying to say it's like they are the the original myths that we start learning about like, yeah. I know for my part, I didn't learn about Tao and Kirana for, like, a very long time. But I learned about their children yes. when I was, like, six, seven, you know? Yeah. And, like, the, I think it's, like, the first grade, first Guarani lesson is, like, the myths. And these are yeah. the main ones. Um, but basically, the first one was uh, Teju Jawa, which basically translates Teju to, like, a reptile, uh, like, a big lizard I, I forgot the name for it but it's like <laughs> basically a very big reptile and Jawa that's basically dog so it's like this weird mix of like this huge reptile with a dog head there are some versions that kind of depict him as like having seven heads like seven dog heads and being like this really big um, like the hydra <laughs> Kind of, yeah. But, like, instead of snake heads, it's just, you know, dog heads. <laughs> um, but, yes, uh, it, this one is, like, one of the myths that are supposed to roam a specific area, which is uh, the Cerro Yawaron, which is Cerro, I think, is hill. But it's, like, it's like mm -hmm. a place in, yeah. And it's this one is supposed to be, like, the 
the one that guards caverns and, you know, anything that surrounds that particular hill. And there are some versions that say that it kind of likes to prey on, you know, wandering people that kind of want to encroach on the hill. But I think what I learned, because it was like the PG version, was that <laughs> he kind of just ate fruits and honey because, you know, you won't tell a seven-year-old that, you know, he, he will eat that you. That he eats people, you. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're then... not going to tell you that in school, but then you read the original version, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's weird because then as we get with as we get on with the other myths it's like yes they will definitely like rape you and eat you but this particular one he he doesn't do that kind of stuff yeah the were these people they go like up and down with their like (laughs) roller coasters of what's valid and what's not valid for their myths to do it's like some of them are legitimately going to murder you. Some of them are going to do awful things to you before they murder you. Some are going to yeah. torment you in the afterlife. It's like, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not going to do good things to you is the point of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then the second one was like the to E. The to E uh, is basically part snake and part parrot, I think. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like this... It's not like a full-on snake. It's more like, picture like one quarter of an anaconda and then like have it have like a... Mm, like a, a pair of head and like the, the claws, The legs. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's horrifying, for sure. I'll um, include a picture if you can't really see what this <laughs> is, but it is horrifying. <laughs> yes. Um so uh as the name I should probably explain the name boy kind of me- means snake and to e is like a pirate. Um and this is supposedly like a protector of amphibians and flowers which is <laughs> you <Okay>. know <laughs> you can be horrifying if you want but you protect nice things I guess. <laughs> Uh, okay, so then there's another monster called the Monyai, which was the third uh, son of Tawen Kerana. He is allegedly the protector of thieves and, you know, just being mischievous in general, like any shenanigans and that kind of stuff. So this is uh, another kind of snake, apparently. I forgot it was this horrifying. <laughs> but uh, it's said to inhabit in like swamps and like wetlands here in Paraguay, and it—I don't think it has like a like a thing it protects or anything. It's just horrifying. <laughs> I think it just—I think this is probably like um, if his dad is the one of the spirits and gods of evil. Then he's just chilling right beside his dad, you know? <laughs> That's how I picture it. It's like, okay, all right. I'm gonna yeah. do chaos. <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's more of the, you know, I chill in the swamps and wetlands and I will scare people for fun. And that's just my vibe. <laughs> think of like bratty uh, children that play like mean pranks of people. That's the... That's the sentiment behind this one, I feel like. 
Yeah, and but there, however, are some people that say that if you see the Munyai, then you'll die. Like a omen cool. of death kind of thing. <laughs> that was something I found out in my research. Um, huh. so I think the next one is like the most famous one for sure. So the Yasi Yatere uh, basically means like a piece of the moon kind of thing, I think. And it's basically... okay. So for context, uh, the general population of, you know, indigenous people here are not that dark skinned, but, you know, dark skinned and, you know, uh, dark hair and that kind of stuff. So this, I think, is kind of like this weird notion of something completely different being scary because like the Jesse even though it's kind of depicted as this fun kid it's it's kind of terrifying to see something so different I guess because um basically this is like this I don't want to see I don't want to say goblin but it's kind of like a goblin except it has like he has uh blonde hair and blue eyes and he just strolls around naked uh around midday because that's the time where we're supposed to take our siestas and yeah so for context Paraguay is mainly like agricultural so usually farmers around at that time of like noon after lunch like I don't know say like 1 to 2 p.m you take a little siesta you take a little nap for a few hours you recharge and then you go back out on the field and so this is basically surrounding that because that's like a parental activity (laughs) yeah so, like, so that children don't wander off, there's, like, this myth of mm-hmm. the Yasiyatere, and he, like, carries this kind of magic wand that's, like, this kind of piece of wood in the shape of a kind of cane. Think um, more, like, Gandalf's staff, you know? Less Harry Potter, more gandalf Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and it's uh, basically he likes whistling and like inviting children to play with him. And he would uh, also apparently he, he can shapeshift. I just found that out recently. That is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I was already afraid of him as a kid. So that is just terrifying news. I'm glad I didn't know that growing up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then apparently he takes children to his brother the Awao, which we'll cover mm. in a second <laughs> which is also terrifying but he he kind of likes you know luring children into the woods and there are some that return but they return kind of like they're not quite there mm-hmm. but there's like also- suddenly they got a lobotomy done <laughs> Yes, that's not saying that vibe. that's what they got done, but that's the effect. Like you're not there in your head, you know. You're just like completely out of it. You don't know what happened to you. They find you maybe after weeks or after days, and you've just been like wandering the wilderness, and they can see like you have cuts and bruises and everything, but you don't know what the hell happened to you, basically. Yeah, and like basically, it's kind of like the the whole elves. Uh, in western culture I guess we're part of western culture but anyways like the tale of that don't eat or drink anything they offer because you'll just be fucked up and that's like fairies in Ireland they take you away yeah (laughs) yes 
that's the thing I meant. I did not mean elves. I don't know why I said elves. <laughs> well, yeah, the little fairies that you always hear about sometimes. Yeah. It's just like, don't go into the woods alone, young child, because these little uh, mischievous creatures, they want to play with you, but then they don't ever want to return you back. Yeah, except this one lets you, if they let, if he lets you out, you'll be like all kinds of fucked up. Yeah. And uh, if they don't, then you'll be eaten by the owl. Anyways, so yeah. this is, I think, the only like part of the myths. The myths are like they they tag team together. Like siblings unite. Let's eat children. Yeah, <laughs> apparently there's versions because what I've been told was that he just kidnapped you and then he brought you back and you were fucked up. But I, now I started to remember that there was this, I guess she was like my nanny when I was like little. And she used to say that witches were like rats and the Yatere were like the little lizards that would crawl around at night. And I was just like, very nice. But I thought like the Yatere was only out at midday. And she was like, no, no, he turns into into lizards to see what bad children are on about at night as well so that he could warn everyone and like his 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 siblings as well and I was just like very good I'm gonna be a good girl now (laughs) it's like I am never ever ever breaking the law again (laughs) yes but like I mean like parental law you know what I mean like all the rules and things it's like I am just gonna be a saint now Yes, until I forgot about it and I started doing chaos, right? But, yes. you know, anyways. <laughs> As children do. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then there's the Kurupi, which is the um <clears throat> the most disturbing one, in my opinion. <sighs> anyway, so he's like this. <laughs> I wanted to say sex god, but he's not a sex god. He's like the opposite of a sex god. But he is... Like a de- de- deity of, you know, uh, sexuality. Okay. Um, apparently. I always saw him like the creep. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny because they have this very graphic depictions of him when you're like six. And you don't understand what's going on. But okay, I should probably... Uh, explain why I'm making this comment. So he is like another goblin-like creature. He is black as coal and he is most famous because his penis is like as long as like a a whip. Um, And he just has it like all tied up around his waist and he just whips around his penis and captures girls and women that are alone and he just impregnates them apparently and friends he... these are stories that we were told <laughs> as kids that's all yes. i have to point out this is all i want to get from this this we we were children <laughs> yes <laughs> we were little kids and i and the thing is the terminology that was used kind of was ambiguous enough that you didn't understand that was that that that, that was like his literal penis but right. you know um yes uh as you grow up and you start you know processing what was being said in those stories you're just like what the fuck like 
Essentially warding children against rape. Let's just call it that way. Yes. In a very weird and disturbing way. Let's just say the war and have got very creative with their myths. Yes, indeed. For a lack but of he... a better term. <laughs> yeah, he is, though, the protector of, you know, the little critters from the jungle and, um, you know, just basically all the animals that live in the forest and in the jungle, that kind of stuff. Anyways, so moving on from that thing, which was very nice and enjoyable, <laughs> is the <laughs> owl. Uh, the owl is like the, I lost count, I think it's like the sixth one. And see, I never understood what he was, but the pictures are horrifying. It's like this... <laughs> Um, it's kind of like a, like a sheep, like it has like the, kind of like the general shape of a sheep, but then the, the head is kind of like a wolf and like the claws and all are like a wolf. But for some reason, the, the very distinct thing I remember is, maybe it was like the horrible quality of this magazine I used to, um, read as a child but he was green like this green thing with you know sheep fur and sheep wool and uh the head of a very distorted wolf um apparently i just found out right now that it just travels in packs because i don't know how it reproduced itself but it's because it reproduced there's more than one Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I thought there is was this, this one. I it was same. Um, is this like a asexual reproduction that we're talking about here? Or funnily enough, this is the god of fertility for some reason. Like ah, I don't so know. Of course, he that... can reproduce himself asexually. That makes sense. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> happened, but. He is said to have had many, many children, and they are big enough to be in a pack, and they ate people. And apparently, well, I, I knew this because that's like the main thing with the Yawao. But yes, the one and only way you will be able to get like saved from him is like if you climb up a palm tree, because palm trees are sacred for some reason i don't know why anyways there's there's a lot of them in paraguay just who knows yeah but you know at the same time they're like full of thorns like yes. i don't know if you've had the horrible the experience of, of yeah yeah <laughs> getting those big ass thorns from your hands because i climbed the one once and it was the worst idea i could have ever had worse than uh, a cactus <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, well, I have, like, succul- succulent cacti, so it's just, oh. like, that's not as bad, but, you know, still, yeah. it's... Anyways, um, so the last one, and possibly just as famous as the Yesuyatere, is the Luison. So, the Luison was the last and seventh child of Tawankiranam. He is considered Lord of Death. Because he kind of likes, you know, running around the cemeteries and kind of eating corpses and 
It's kind of like really terrifying. Like imagine just telling your child, oh yes, don't go out at night because there's this very weird dog thing that likes to eat corpses and likes yep. being around cemeteries. Yeah, don't go out because that's Oh, this is not happen. a joke. My grandmother would tell me that when she was growing up, there's like a big, a huge cemetery in Asuncion, which is the capital of Paraguay. And mm-hmm. that's where she grew up too. <laughs> And um, her um, guardians would tell her, yeah, that thing is there all the time. So if you ever want to go mourn one of your lost ones, you do it in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Because at night, you're just going to find a wolf-like creature. This is honestly, for me, all the time, it's the equivalent of um, a werewolf. In my mm-hmm. mind, it's always been because yeah. it's kind of wolf-like like that. But it's also yeah. very weird. It's like a disturbed version. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Um, I have this picture that is like, I don't know, um, in Harry Potter, for example, when Lupin kind of transformed, I picture something like that, but just one step further that's just like <laughs> horrible and deformed and like in this perpetual agony of being this monstrous form and being unable to you know be neither human or uh beast uh but apparently that's not the case of the version i found which was that basically it's like this very random ass dude that kind of has like this sad vibes and he's like all dirty and tired and then on tuesdays and fridays for some reason very specific but okay (laughs) or (laughs) I think there were some versions that during the full moon or something he kind of transformed into the beast that was this huge black uh, dog that kind of had this huge fangs and has this this stench of just rotting meat because he eats so much of that and yeah, there's like this myth that if you are the seventh son of like an old son from like an old male sibling family, then you are or you will be the Luison. <laughs> yep. I like I distinctly remember in the news when I was ten hearing about a woman who just birthed her seventh son in a row. And <laughs> um she was very afraid that he was gonna become a Luison. Not, oh yes, I remember that. I remember <laughs> that. Just like she unlocked. was dead serious. Yes. <laughs> yes, and there were like, like multiple channels went to like interview yeah. her. I remember. That. Yeah, and she just said, you know, she was terrified of 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 her son now, of her baby boy that was just born because she didn't want him to live cursed forever. <laughs> So you this is, these are like we say myths, but this is like a lot of people still believe in them, like like it's the Bible. You know what I mean? They yeah. fullheartedly believe in these creatures. A lot of times, usually in the countryside, but for my part, I can say that at least like Luiso and Jessica Tere, those were like always there, even in the city. So these yeah. are things that are just like they transcend faith, they transcend religion, anything at all. Paraguay is a very Catholic country, but th- they are still there, and they probably always will be there. Those legends. Yeah, 
Um, but you said your grandmother had like this experience with the Luisón. Do you want to tell <laughs> tell us more about that? <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know how believable this is. I obviously was not alive. Um, my mother was a very small child with this. I'm talking like my grandmother, my my mom's mom, and they lived in a part of the city now that was underdeveloped back in the day. So it looked more like the countryside than a proper city yet. Mm -hmm. So at one night, she just, she couldn't go to sleep or like she woke up in the middle of the night and she had this uneasy feeling all around her and she couldn't go to sleep. And for like context, her room is like, there's like a foyer kind of entrance which has like bars and then that little area there which is just like open and it has like patio sitting and then you get the front door and immediately the bedroom the bedroom that's like right next to that is hers so she has like double doors like window doors or like yeah I guess glass doors that mm -hmm. open into that like patio area yeah. mm -hmm. and then immediately after that it's like the garden and it's like outside <laughs> yeah So that's like her bedroom. That's always been her bedroom, I think. <clears throat> so that's where she said she like woke up and she looked over at the, the glass windows, the doors, and um, she saw like a weird figure. She didn't know what it was and she didn't understand what it was, but she immediately woke up my grandpa and was like, you get out there, man. Because <laughs> my, my grandfather had a rifle and mm -hmm. which has been long sold, but... <laughs> <laughs> he used to use it because like I mean there were some like still quitters and things that would sometimes come at random points in the night and you would just kind of want to not get them in the house so no, yeah yeah <laughs> still very much the countryside honestly um, yeah <laughs> so he gets up he's like all groggy it's like I don't I don't know around 3 4 a.m like nobody wants to be up So he goes and he's like, all right, I'm going to take a look. And he doesn't come back. But there's no noise outside either for like 10 minutes. My grandma's mm -hmm. obviously like, fuck this shit. She gets up. <laughs> At which point she opens her bedroom door and she realizes again that like my aunt, who's the eldest mm -hmm. child for like five years or so, is awake and she's like shivering a little bit. She's like, what is going on in this world so she goes out sees her husband my grandpa he's stuck still in like the middle of the yard and across from him like maybe I don't want I want to say like maybe like two feet away not too far away is this like huge big wolf-like thing that smells rancid they don't know what it is and it's just growling And my grandpa was frozen in fear. And my grandma then proceeded to frozen in fear. <laughs> But my grandmother is very Catholic. She grew up like half of her life. She spent in a convent, almost became a nun. It's a whole thing. So <laughs> she unfroze really quickly and she slept. She sleeps with like a rosary still to this day. <laughs> I think okay. perfectly. I'm telling you, man, the most hardcore Catholic I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and she has this rosary around her neck always leaves with it until this day and I think my grandpa gave her to her actually but I digress and so she just starts praying 
she like unfreezes quickly she starts spraying and the thing turns to look at her and kind of like makes to kind of charge at her and that's when my grandpa wakes up he points at the thing the thing realizes it's gonna get shot runs away there was a well that one of the neighbors had it was like an it was like a, it was owned by the neighbors but it was pretty much an empty lot because they hadn't renovated or done anything to it yet and there was a well in the middle there and my mm-hmm. grandpa just like then he woke up he realizes he chases the thing and according to what my grandmother said because you could kind of see the gate was like the the wall was very low and then you could just see that the thing jumped into the well and there was no splashing sound it just like it vanished now does my aunt believe this happened? No. <laughs> does, does, does any of my grandmother's children believe this happened? No. But does my grandma believe up until this day? That was one of the first times I heard about the Luiso was this story. So you could do with that as you will, but that is what <laughs> she says she saw. And my, my aunt is still convinced until this very day that it was just a very large dog and it probably had rabies or something. We don't know. <laughs> we will never know. But this was the story and this was the tale. No, yeah. <laughs> I think my cousins, I don't know if they were just telling me to scare me, but that sounds like a lot more credible than their stories, at least, because they just <laughs> said, like, I, I heard this little um, sounds like someone was throwing rocks at the roof. And I was just like, oh, I'm gonna go investigate because I'm a brave boy. We were like seven and I was just probably... That's well, how you get kidnapped, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and well, I was seven. He was like nine or ten. So, of course, I was being scared oh, by him. Um, but he just said that he went out and in the streets, everything was dark. And at that time, there was just like this big empty space in front of my grandmother's house where we were and like they live there as well so it's it's just this empty lot and there's like a lot of you know weeds and there were you know it was no one lived there so it was basically a little bit of jungle kind of thing and he saw like in the in the shadows he saw like this big big dog with red eyes that kind of flashed but then as soon as he saw it it just ran away but i i don't believe his story like that's just like (laughs) probably trying to scare me you know (laughs) but your grandma's story sounds a lot more detailed and i wouldn't say i don't know if believable but for sure more intense well the thing is that like when she would tell these stories too she would freak me the hell out and i would almost have nightmares and then that's why my mom never wanted her to share these stories with me because she would make she she looked at you dead serious. You know what I mean? Like we would be <laughs> yeah. having like a drink and I would just ask Grandma, mom told me that you had some like weird stories at one point or another, because like my mother did because she knew that I liked these things and then my mom instantly regretted ever telling me that grandma had these stories. <laughs> And she'd be like, yes, let me tell you, sweet child. And then she would proceed to terrify me to death. (laughs) I heard this story when I was eight, I think. And then a few years later, I was just like, let me test the waters. And I asked her again about the story. And she proceeded to tell it in the exact same way. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I Well, she truly believes, I feel like, that she saw the Luiso that night. But she has like a weird encounters with weird things and we don't know what that is like we 
my family's still trying to figure out what that's all about. So we're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So moving on from kind of like the original myths is kind of what I call them. Because that's like the first ones that you learn about slowly but surely, depending on the level of <laughs> R-rated content that they have within them or not. There's another one that I actually did a, a school project on here. But it's basically, I feel like one of the more, I'm not saying kind of famous, infamous ones, right mm-hmm. along with Luis So and Jesse Yatere, are more well known. And it's actually one that there are parts of Brazil and Argentina that have this myth too. They call it something different, but the description and the things that the, the, this creature does are like pretty much the same, like 95% there. And so it's called El Pombero, or like, I guess a direct translation would be like Lord of the Night or something like that. So he's supposed mm-hmm. to be like this little goblin, all black goblin, smells like horrible and just looks like someone that lives in the jungle, basically. <laughs> That's yeah. like the whole point of voice, like you just live in the jungle. And he is the protector of the forest. So he comes out at night, or I suppose, yeah, this is, he comes out at night. And he um, he usually usually uh, a lot of tales that I've like been researching about this are like people that are traveling through the forest. Most of the times back in the day they did it by horse, right? And so yeah. they would hear like this this weird whistling sound or this weird mm-hmm. bird sounds that sounded a little bit weird and off. Some people that know nature very well would say that the birds that were singing or the birds that they were hearing were birds that were not supposed to even be around at nighttime. They were supposed to be in yeah. the nest sleeping or whatever, and that would freak them out. <clears throat> but he basically tracks your movements across the forest. And if you do anything at any point in time to endanger the forest, then he is going to drive you crazy. <laughs> he is going <laughs> to start, like, whistling super... Like, this is a very weird thing that I read. But basically... The farther away you hear the whistling, the closer he is to you. So if yeah. it feels like he's whistling right next to you, he's super far away. If yeah. it feels like he's whistling from hours away, he's right next to you and you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> End of story. That's kind of what it is. So if you ever try to harm the forest on his watch, he's basically going to do that whistling game with you. and You're not going to know. Like, it's going to disorient you and you're just going to be like, what? Especially if you're on a horse, the horse is going to go crazy yeah and it's gonna he's gonna start just like making the noises of the jungle to scare you mm-hmm. and to, to to just like drive you crazy mm-hmm. and then of course there are accounts of people that say that um they've heard this noise or like some relatives of them heard this like wild commotion type of noises they never tell you what they did to the forest to trigger this by the way because you have to mm-hmm. provoke yeah. him the thing with him is you have to provoke him if you leave him alone if you leave the forest alone he's not gonna come after you it's basically it. And then they just end up in like insane asylums. It's basically <laughs> what I've heard because they just can't get over it. And then they they keep, even once they're gone from the jungle, they keep just hearing the noises on replay on their head. So they go mad, essentially. Mm-hmm. Now, another part of him is that if you are like a farmer or if you're in the countryside for a while and you just live there surrounded by the wilderness and everything, you can make deals with him. So you basically say, I protect the land. I feed you honey and cigars, and rum, that kind of thing. 
mm-hmm. and you protect me or you make sure that I have good luck in essence yeah it's another part of him too the creepy part of him though that terrified me was that he can turn invisible at will he can break into your house at will <laughs> yeah he could just whoop, appear and if he touches a woman's womb with his hand or any part of his body you're pregnant <laughs> yeah instantly that was the creepiest part about this to me i was like no fuck that shit on so many levels <laughs> absolutely yeah. not and <clears throat> that's kind of like the overview we don't really know where this myth came from honestly <laughs> to make it real because it's not like a it's not like a warani legend he no. was around i don't know i don't even know for how long i mean truly like i've researched this for so long you guys and like it historical sites that I've seen they don't know because Brazil and Argentina have like a similar version of this they have no way of knowing where it came from really because they all started popping up about the same time or people started hearing about it at the same time it's this oral tradition and all of that it's just always he's always been there mm-hmm. there are Paraguayan historians that say so Paraguay was involved in a pretty big war I suppose you could call it the triple alliance war or something yeah. along those lines direct translation and in which uh, a large portion of Brazilian soldiers invaded Paraguay for like a period mm-hmm. of time Yeah. And so a lot of them theorized that a lot of the Paraguayans would have this myth of uh, El Pombero to kind of symbolize the invaders quote unquote mm-hmm. that were coming in and terrorizing the women, the children, everything mm-hmm. like killing yeah. the men of course <laughs> as, you, as one does in war and so that's like one origin story for him. Another one is just because um, parts of Paraguay now belong to Brazil and Argentina. So territorial wise, I'm speaking geography. And so those mm-hmm. parts are the ones also that are commonly have those myths uh, of El Pombero. So, you know, you did this kind of like, there's like a billion reasons they can come up with why it exists. The point is that it didn't terrify me to death. Yeah. <laughs> and my grandmother love that woman (laughs) also had another story about him but it was basically my grandpa's story now my grandpa died before even my older brother was born my other brother's like nine years older than me Mm -hmm. but my grandma would tell these stories of him and so basically uh my great grandpa right my grandpa's dad (laughs) yeah that yeah (laughs) genealogy all right so him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he had um, a brick company basically and um, he needed he like my grandpa had a brother who's also not dead <laughs> but they he needed his two sons basically to oversee the operations of the company in the countryside way mm-hmm. deep in the countryside in the Chaco area which is like the driest area <laughs> yeah so they went there and they lived there for like a period of time and my grandpa would uh, told my grandma once he came back that he made a deal with El Pombrero. Essentially that he went out one night, he heard weird whistling, and he heard it mm-hmm. pretty far away, which meant <laughs> the guy was close. <laughs> and so he went out, he didn't see anything, he yelled out into the trees, he just felt like something was looking at him through the trees. So mm-hmm. he yelled out in that general direction and he said, if you take care of me, I promise to take care of this land that I own. And I promise to make sure that no harm comes to it in, in what I can. Mm-hmm. Just protect me. Give me good luck. The business goes well. I go well. 
you go well, the forest goes well. That was basically the deal of it. And he put down a giant, like, bottle of rum and honey and a cigar outside his door. He went back inside. And the next day, it was gone. So he assumed the offer was accepted. And for the remaining of his stay there with his brother, they kind of, they ran the company smoothly. There were no problems with the manufacturing. Everything seemed to be going well. And I mean, it mm-hmm. stayed that way. <laughs> so then he came back and then he told my grandmother and she obviously freaked the hell out because she was like, this is why you're making deals with like the devil, essentially. <laughs> Very Catholic grandmother once more. <laughs> When he said it's not he protected me i protected him we protected each other we're fine it was a partnership and according to my grandmother she believes that uh that partnership lasted until my grandpa died which usually is the case right you make a deal with him and it follows you for good or bad till you die mm-hmm. natural of natural causes it doesn't bring, <laughs> it doesn't bring you death or anything um so she did believe that uh, sometimes during the night, a few times a week, my grandpa would go outside and he would, she felt like she, he was talking to El Bombero, is what my grandma believed. Okay. Because he would just be talking to the guy. Pretty nice. I don't know how that didn't terrify her to death and how she never went outside to look, but she would always ask him in the morning, who are you talking to? And he would just say, a friend. I told you about him. He literally just went, a friend, I told you about him before. And then my grandma was like, holy Mary, mother of Christ. (laughs) That's not okay. That's worse than little kids and their quote-unquote imaginary friends that may or may not be like literal demons. Yeah, literally. So um, that's a fun little tale. (laughs) It also terrified me to death. And... um, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. I know people... Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Just, I don't know. Cut that out. But sorry about that. And so basically, uh, my grandma, her sister, her brother, and some of her other siblings lived all in, the, in this big house outside of, you know, Asuncion. And uh, some of their siblings died but there's this her like youngest I think she's the youngest sister she basically is terrified of going back to the yard after it's um after it's gone dark basically because Mm -hmm. to be fair I've gone maybe twice there after it was dark and when I was well I was a child so of course I was scared but it's terrifying because there's like this big mango tree and that just blocks out every single bit of light and there's like this specific place where there's like when there's like a full moon it has like this specific place where it opens up so that the entire moon is visible but only in the, the full moon and like the previous days and kind of and like maybe like a couple days before a couple days after but then after that kind of uh time then you you can see the moon during the night and it's like for some reason every single piece of lightning that's supposed to be there just eventually it just after like a week or a couple weeks it just 
stops working and so you have to change it again so basically my my grandma's uh sister is terrified of going uh back there right because she says that el bombero is just lounging there because basically so you you said about the offering rum honey and cigars right mm-hmm, and yeah. basically you have to like the more <laughs> Uh, the the custom is to put it in the tatacua that is basically this clay oven that is used for traditional cooking kind of stuff. Yeah, think and of you, like a you pizza have... oven, you know. Yeah, kind <laughs> like of like those that. traditional ones is similar to that. Yeah, so you have to put the 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 stuff like the offerings inside, and then it would disappear, right? Um, mm-hmm. So th- they used to have one in the back, but then it got destroyed mysteriously right um but (laughs) awesome (laughs) i think someone fell in it but anyways (laughs) um so she's terrified of going because i think they used to give offerings but then for some reason they stopped and now now she's just terrified and they're my well her grand no her and yes her son kind of lived down there in like the dark there's like this little outhouse let's call it and he used to live there and he had like no trouble being there and he just and then eventually he moved out and that kind of stuff but um my grandma she's just she doesn't believe um her sister but uh, the other day we were like in a family lunch and the the neighbor kind of asked her why they had so many chickens because he she well he thought that they didn't have any chickens anymore um but apparently according to popular belief if you hear chickens at night in like the that not quite city but not quite countryside area it's the bombero so awesome. you know <laughs> so yeah. now you know i didn't know this but all right that is wonderful <laughs> yeah uh so my just like my... the the least harmful of all animals the chicken and you... yeah <laughs> oh you just made it terrifying <laughs> yeah because <laughs> like it's i think it kind of ties up to, with your notion that there are birds that shouldn't be there at night and there's yeah. you know chickens shouldn't be awake at night they're mostly asleep i think yeah uh, but the neighbor heard chickens at night for some reason and then my my grandma's sister was like validation i told you so i'm never coming <laughs> here ever again um, <laughs> that was like the nail in the coffin after all those years just like nope i'm done yeah <laughs> And and then the neighbor said that just around that place, the, the lights start flickering and the microwave just starts working at like 3 a.m. or like 4 a.m. And so during the night, it would just start randomly going. And mm-hmm. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, so I think the, the, the Pombero has like fun in that area during the night. And yeah, it's just like... That was one of the stories I've been told about that. But <laughs> basically, well, they, they got kind of raised in the countryside. I don't remember the name of the town. It's probably in Guarani. 
but yeah. basically, <laughs> yeah. So my grandma used to tell us that her mother would, when she would go out into, you know, the plantations and that kind of stuff, or she had to make a travel through the woods, she would just like uh, go with the older kids, and she would say like, "Bombero, protect us in this travel," and like she would throw a bit of a bit of rum in the sides of the road and and then nothing oh yeah that's the thing too it's like a lot of travelers do that even to this day i've heard that if they're going to travel through the woods in like a non-populated area and they usually like you know even if it is by car they kind of like stop and they go they send out a little prayer for protection and they like like drop the the rum into the floor and then they're like okay well this is the offering which essentially just means like you're kind of assuring him that you're coming in with good intent and you just kind of like want to cross please mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so if he will please back off because we're just trying to make a journey here <laughs> yeah that's essentially it yeah and then i have one more story i don't know if you have another <laughs> one so that you can go ahead and then i can tell mine afterwards Oh, no, like, no, it was just a thing, like, that, like, after my, my grandpa's story that my grandma, when she told me this, after she told me this, uh, she kind of just basically kind of alluded to the fact that I would always be protected and all of his grandchildren would kind of always be protected in, like, mm-hmm. if we were ever to go into, like, the Prairie Woods for some weird reason, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even, like, camping if it's not with a cabin, I don't know how to tell you, but... <laughs> But in any case, if we ever got lost or something that we, she like kind of said that you would always be able to find your way back is kind of what she said. And like, I guess alluding that he would guide us back. Not creepy at all. (laughs) Uh, But I guess in her mind, I have a mystical little friend. (laughs) Very nice. Um, Just don't let let him get anywhere near your woman. We're all right, I guess. No, thank you. (laughs) oh nope (laughs) no yeah so I guess my last story is about my uncle which uh basically he he was dating this this woman that well she came from the countryside like her whole family was in the countryside and she came to work here so she lives here and they met that way but because he was he wanted to impress the you know the in-laws <laughs> he went what over... did he do <laughs> well he went over to the to the countryside to visit the the parents right and mm-hmm. um they they weren't like that wealthy right so if you live in the countryside you probably are struggling a bit anyways yeah like you're a bit well off in the sense that like you you can feed yourself and you can feed your family probably but i mean it's still the countryside and you know you you live off the land kind of idea yeah in a, in and, a lot of cases <laughs> yeah and 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 a funny thing about you know the countryside is that most of the of the bathrooms or toilets or however you want to call it they are Mm. outside not connected in any way to the house because there is no sewer system so there's basically there's a well (laughs) yeah basically the bathroom is like a hole that they dig there and you know they gotta drain it out once in a while it's wonderful anyways proceed yeah (laughs) 
So he was he was in this little room with his daughter, my cousin, right? And she was still little. I think she was like five or six at the time. And there wasn't that much place because I think it was like the like his girlfriend's mother's birthday, I think. So there were like other guests and there wasn't that ah, much yeah, space. there were like a million, a million yeah. <laughs> family members all over the places. Yeah. <laughs> So he was basically stuck in this little tiny bed with his daughter. And so he just, you know, he fell asleep and kind of like cuddled her and whatever. And it was kind of cold. So he just, you know, had one of the covers, like very nice, cozy and all that kind of stuff. But in the middle of the night, he he kind of heard noises towards the bathroom area, right? The watch, which was outside, right? <laughs> A just... big no in scary movies already. <laughs> yeah. So he said, you know what? I'm not gonna, you know, acknowledge this. I'm just going to go and try and go back to sleep. But the noises continued and they seemed to be like closer every time. So he just decided, oh, please, please don't kill me now. Don't kill me now. I think he was joking, of course. But at some point he was just like, take her instead and let me kind of... <laughs> but at some point he 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 was kind of really disturbed by the noises that were getting too close for you know feeling safe anymore so he just closed his eyes and he felt this horrid stench and like it seemed like well the the term he used was catine which basically means that someone that hasn't showered in like ages and like probably <laughs> you know hasn't ever showered for that I check it. Yep. Sorry, <laughs> hasn't ever showered. But <laughs> uh, the thing is that after a while, after having started noticing the smell, he kind of feels that something is taking away the covers and the quilt and whatnot, and oh he's my just God, like paranormal activity. Who? <laughs> yes, that's get, like that's kind of the vibe because just one of his legs wasn't covered and everything. Can you else... imagine? I would go crazy <laughs> if I was in the middle of nowhere countryside of Paraguay, which is literally the middle of nowhere. Like you guys, sometimes there are parts of the house that don't have electricity in some of these places. Absolutely yeah. not. And it, that's why it was freezing cold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because and... it gets freezing cold, and you have that happen to you, I will run out of there like Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, but that's not. That's not it. More oh. happened. So oh. basically, he felt like something was taking away the covers. He was grabbing on the covers and her daughter, which was just out of this world. She was just sleeping. Didn't. <laughs> he allegedly did not feel anything or hear anything, but he was clinging onto her and the covers for dear life. And then he kind of feels like this very coarse hand kind of run through his through his leg. And he was just like, oh, fuck, no, this isn't happening to me. Um, and and he just stayed still. But then, like, a few, I don't know if it was minutes or seconds. He Probably he doesn't even know at this point. But he felt it again, so he just kicked it, like, with all his might. I think that's when, like, my little cousin woke up. But then she went back to sleep, as children often do. <laughs> <laughs> um but then he he wasn't disturbed anymore in his sleep but uh, uh the next day he kind of told this 
what ha- what had happened to the to his girlfriend's mother and she was just like oh yeah the bombero is kind of like everywhere here he just likes playing pranks and that kind of stuff but don't worry he's he's our friend so he won't harm you or anything and my lovely your (laughs) in-law says that to you and you're just like oh my god i'm going back to the city today (laughs) yeah And then he just packed his bags and, like, wished yep. her happy birthday and returned <laughs> to Asuncion because, yeah, that was terrifying. No, but no, yes, no, 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 no. I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what happened. Allegedly. Upon further review, we've decided now that this episode is going to be a two-parter. So... Enjoy part two when it comes out. As we made this episode, as we started recording it, we realized that it's going to be quite longer than we anticipated. Um, so we're going to cut it here with all the original myths that we've talked about so far. And stay tuned for a part two that's going to be more about urban legends rather than like ancient myths. And this has been fun. This has been great. Hopefully... You're not all spooked or <laughs> creeped out <laughs> because I know there are some of these views that are very creepy and disturbing, but uh, hopefully you found this interesting as we do. Um, I don't know if we do just because it's our culture, just because by virtue of them being really weird. Yes. But <laughs> it has been fun sharing. Uh, hopefully you like it. And if you have any questions and you want us to like go more in detail about like some of these myths or anything at all or like any paranormal things like that um and when I ask us any questions about like anything related to anything of this or any other episodes we have both an instagram account at two gay shits and an email account two gay shits discover at gmail.com so feel free to follow us like our page our photos email us all of that good stuff and thank you so much and we'll see you in part two bye